great song, ladies, for that. Thank you. Where are the sons? I need the sons singing as well. Maybe next year, give you a year to prepare. And uh, maybe some of you mums are like, no, that won't be a blessing. <laughs> but it's good to be here. Appreciate, uh, again, the church, just your, your prayers for us as we've been back and forth um, to Sydney. And um, Jaden, when we crossed the border back into Queensland, he said, Dad, do we have to go again? He said, it takes a long time to get there. I said, no, Lord willing, it won't be a while, but it's good to be home today, and especially as we celebrate Mother's Day. And, you know, it is true, you know, mum can teach us a whole bunch of different things. And I don't know if your mum ever taught you a random skill and, you know, how mums can be. And my mum taught me how to juggle. And she just randomly said, hey, you want to you learn how to juggle? And so she taught me. And she said, oh, I got really good at this because in the Philippines where I grew up, we use rocks to juggle. And, <laughs> you know, you drop one, it hurts. So um, she taught us all of that. But, you know, it is, it's true. The, the greatest thing that, that a mum can teach her child is how to love Jesus. And uh, I hope that that is the, our heart's desire. That's our vision. And time does go quickly by. And I uh, really appreciate all of you all. I know that the sacrifice, um, no doubt, that you uh, go through each day as a mum and all of the, the different tensions of motherhood. And I want to give you a message this morning that I hope it will be a, a blessing to you mums. And it doesn't mean that the rest of us who aren't, uh, that we just sort of quickly uh, switch our, our minds off and not listen this morning, but I hope that you will listen along as we look at uh, probably someone that most, most around Australia, but perhaps around those who are preaching, uh, may turn to. It's a, the, the mum named Hannah, Samuel's mum. And isn't it funny that after a while, you ladies, you begin to be known as your children's mum? You know, if you go around school and you you, you're picking up your kids, you're introduced as, oh, this is my mum, and you're known as so-and-so's mum, and that's a privilege, it really is, and uh, this morning I want to talk about Samuel's mum, Hannah, and if we could um, turn to First Samuel chapter 1, and we'll begin reading in verse 4, and we'll just skip down to, to different verses here, but we'll read down to verse 8, we'll pray, and then we'll get into the message this morning. Notice verse 4, when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and daughters portions. And unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord hath shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Notice verse 8, Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am, am not I better to thee than ten sons? And we know that Hannah's great desire there was to have a child. And we, we see that in her home life, there was a, a bit of a situation there where there was another in the home. And it was in, in that day somewhat cultural, but we understand that 
that her great desire was that God would just give her a child. And we can read the rest of the story. They go up to the temple and they worship. And uh, Eli, the high priest, marks her, the Bible says, because she was praying so uh, in such a way that her lips moved, but her voice was not heard, the Bible says. And and Eli thought certain things of her, that she was drunken, and yet her, her sorrow of heart, her sorrow of spirit as she went to the Lord with this great desire and great burden, it was just being poured out before the Lord. And we know that, that as we read down, look now verse 20, that the Lord answered her prayer in verse 20, wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about, her, about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, because, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. And so we see that, that God did answer her prayer, that, that, that God did get, give her a child. But this was a, a, Hannah was a mom who had a great burden. And you ladies know this, that it, it's not even in the desiring of a child that there's a burden. It's the raising of a child that there's a great burden. And it's not that it goes away once that's given. And, and yet what we find about Hannah is, is I think, a, a, something that we can learn about her it's just her character in, in bearing those burdens, in, in bearing those things before the Lord. And we're going to talk a little bit about Hannah this morning, and, and hopefully for you ladies and then for us men, learn a, a couple of things about one who's burdened. And certainly as we read the start, we, we can't totally say that, was, that Hannah was living up to the meaning of her name. Her name simply means favor and grace. She was in a household that had another woman to her husband. And what made things worse was this woman had something over Hannah. She had children and Hannah didn't. And so the Bible says that her adversary actually provoked her about that. And yet what we see that is that she had a, she had a supportive uh, husband in a sense. Elkanah wanted to give her a worthy portion. He, he did challenge her with this that uh, isn't, isn't he better than ten sons and Yet there's just something in, in her desire for, for a family. It's something in her desire before the Lord that she brought before the Lord that she, she didn't sense her completeness before, uh, before him. And, and what we learn from Hannah is that as a woman, she faced some challenges and how she responded. She had a burden and how she responded. And, and what we see is, uh, is, is just a good lesson for all of us as we bear some burdens as well. Some things that we desire from the Lord and, and then how to respond to that. And so we'll pray, we'll ask the Lord to bless and then we'll get into the message this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you, dear Lord, for your goodness and grace. And thank you again, Lord, for the, uh, the fact that we can open your word this morning and Lord, glean from it the things that we need for each day of our lives. And, and Father, particularly this morning as we open your word, we seek you, dear Lord, to help us to, to understand, help us to then make application to, Lord, to our lives. And I do pray, dear Lord, that you especially would, would help, Lord, all of our mums here. And no doubt, as I think about the role that you've given them, Lord, they are burden bearers. And they are often, Lord, within their homes, concerned about the many different facets of their children's lives and their own lives. And they do. They have to bear this, this great burden before you. And so I pray that you'd please help them to, to just see, Lord, a pattern in, in this, this mother's life, Lord, how she dealt with that. And then, Father, that, Lord, we would then glean 
upon you, lean upon you, dear Lord, and, and seek your help in, in each and every day of our lives. And we're thankful for our time. I pray that you'd please bless our time together, Lord, in your word. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. Now, I'm thankful this morning. I think about my own mum and, you know, Lord willing, her and my dad will, will make the move up to Queensland in the next couple of weeks. And you wouldn't mind your prayers about that. But um, no doubt, as I think about her life and think about our upbringing, she had, she had her own burdens. And I just know this because I was probably part of the burden that she had to bear. Uh, there was many times where I know she sought the Lord. And, and that's where we see, firstly, as we think about the life of Hannah, as, she thinks about, as we think about her desire before the Lord, her burden, was that, firstly, she sought the Lord with her burdens. You know, it wasn't something that she just figured she just would bear on her own, that she would just be frustrated about, although it was a deep sorrow that she had. It wasn't something that she just felt like, you know, she was alone in it. And there is a trap in that sometimes when we, you, are, you are in that situation where you're desiring something from the Lord and you're, you're just deeply burdened about a situation or a challenge in your life that you might feel like you have to do it alone. And yet what we find in Hannah's life was that she sought the Lord with her burdens. Never underestimate the power of prayer. And the power, perhaps, this ladies this morning of a praying woman. And again, I can reflect back on the, the many times where I brought a burden to my mom. And there were many times where just vividly I would wake up early in the morning and I would walk and uh, walk into the kitchen. And there my, my parents were in the living room. And it would just be my mom seeking for me and seeking for my sisters, just calling out our names before the Lord. And she sought the Lord with her burdens. And Hannah sought no other means to alleviate her burdens but prayer. And I want to tell you how we need mothers who would pray. How we need you ladies to just be the, the prayer warriors in your home, to, to be ones that would just bring before the Lord the great burdens on your, of your own and the great burdens of your home. You know, Charles Spurgeon, in recounting the influence that his mother had on him, said the following, said, Never could it be possible for any man to estimate what he owes to a godly mother. Certainly I have not the powers of speech with which to set forth my valuation of the choice blessing which the Lord bestowed on me in making me the son of one who prayed for me and prayed with me. And I can echo his sentiments in a sense because there was many times. And, and I wonder if you ladies here this morning with all of the burdens that you have, I wonder if you bring that before the Lord. I wonder this week as you, you uh, perhaps encountered something that, you're, you, that, that was a heartache to your child or, or the heartache in the life of your child, I wonder if you just took the time to just be alone with the Lord and, and be real before God. And just sat there in, in maybe in your room or in your living room and you just came to a point of just bringing it before the Lord. And, and you know, in our day and age where there's great, a great amount of challenges for families in general and you ladies as you watch your children make decisions, uh, I can't think of anyone needier to pray than a mother who has their children before them. And I hope that, that you would be that type of mother this morning. She sought the Lord with her burdens. And, and, and ladies, I want to encourage you to pray. You know, what we see about her prayer, she was real in her prayer. 
It wasn't just some sort of formula. It wasn't just some sort of thing that she, you know, sometimes we can get into the mindset of just praying the same things in the same way over and over again. And, and if you're genuine in that, that's, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. But what it was, she was real. She was real. Look at, look at verse 10. So she rises up early. Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. Notice verse 10. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. No, we won't take the time this morning, but we understand that that bitterness can take root and we understand a negative sense of that. But notice here in a positive sense, really, in the bitterness of her soul, how did she deal with that? She came to the Lord and wept. She was real. She, she wasn't just there just out of duty. She wasn't just there out of just, uh, just uh, her, her, uh, her practice. No, she was there in her sheer desperation for the burden that she had. In verse 12, And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only, in her lips, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought that she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Notice the depth of her sorrow there. She was just being real before God. Hey, can I remind you that God already knows the depth of your sorrows? Hey, you ladies, sometimes you, 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 you want to be strong for your family. And, uh, you know, I know some ladies who just, they're just the, the, the rock of their family. And it just seems to be nothing disturbs mom. And I'll be honest with you again, if I can say my mom's a bit that way. You know, it was really hardly any time where we saw our mom cry. She was just a tough lady. She, she grew up in a tough environment. She was one of 15 children. She had to pay her way through school. And so she was used to getting up at 3 in the morning to harvest the crops so she can sell them in the market early so she can pay for her tuition. That was just the kind of upbringing she got. She, she had a tough life. And so there was hardly anything that, that would make her cry. And yet I know often when she did weep, it was when she was bringing us before the Lord. And those are some of the most precious memories I have of, of growing up in our household was just waking up knowing that mom was praying and mom and dad were praying for us. And she was just real and we see Hannah was real. And in fact, the last time when last year when we were leaving to come up here and, and, and move, it was really just, it was gut-wrenching for us because we, we left and my mom was heaving in sorrow because she was saying goodbye. And what I'm saying is sometimes we can be so tough, ladies, and we have to at times. And yet before the Lord, you can be broken. And you ought to be at times just be real before God in your prayer. And what we find here was, well, it wasn't that she had some relationship issues. She just had a great burden and a great desire. And yet she poured out her heart really in anguish for her need. You know, the, the Lord looks at that. He says in Psalm 34, verse 18, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart 
and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. The Bible says in Psalm 51, 17, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. And, and he desires that brokenness. And in fact, he, he is close to and is, is nigh unto them, the Bible says, near to them. They are at a, a, a broken heart. When was the last time we were just broken before the Lord? You know, it, it was a, it's something to behold at times when, when ladies come to, to the Lord in that way. It's something to behold the closeness that you sense that they have with the Lord when they're just broken and weeping and, and not out of demand, not out of just their, their, uh, their wanting their way, no, just a brokenness and a sincere, a, a real, a genuine desire in prayer. But not only was she real, she was hopeful in her prayer. And notice again the, the verses 17 to 18. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat. And her countenance was no more sad. She was hopeful. And notice in verse 19, they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to the house in Ramah and Elkanah knew Hannah his wife and the Lord remembered her. You know, uh, we, we understand the, the situation there. She was desiring something from the Lord. And yet what we find was this wasn't just something that she just uttered in prayer. This wasn't something that she just uttered out of duty. No, she was hopeful to the point where she enacted and she went and she was hopeful for a result. And I believe that as Hannah prayed, this wasn't one of, again, entitlement or demand. Sometimes we can be entitled before the Lord. Sometimes demand our way. And that's not, that's not what we're speaking about this morning. We're speaking about someone who was low before a holy God, but was also hopeful that the Lord will hear her. Notice what we read in verse 18, her countenance was no more sad. After weeping, she changed her countenance. She was hopeful of the fact that God would answer and, and her brokenness wasn't one of permanent despair and, and anguish. and It was one of, of welling up of her burden, but also what happened was a wellspring of her hope was a result. And sometimes we can just be permanent in our anguish and and sometimes have a, to go through that, but have a negative mindset about what God can do. Yet you know, what we find here was she, as she prayed and as she prayed with reality and she prayed with genuine burden in her life that she sought the Lord and, and still, still believed in God. You know, the Bible does tell us that all things whatsoever we shall ask in prayer, believing, will receive. And, and her, her hopefulness... It, it made her enact on what she asked for. You know, they tried again. They tried again. And what I was saying, what I'm saying is hopefulness doesn't lead to inaction. Hopefulness isn't just sitting and waiting. No, hopefulness leads to pressing forward in faith. You just press forward. I, I believe that often we don't get what we pray for because we don't intend to act on what we pray for to begin with. We pray and we sort of hope that everything else will work out. And, and that's not hope. Hope leads us to action. 
Hope leads us to just press forward and try again anyway. And press forward and pick up that burden and, and, and go again another day. And Hannah was a, a one who exemplified really hopeful prayer. And, and, and mums, I want to ask you this morning, what are you asking God for? What are you asking God for? I, I want to tell you, those around you, your children need you to pray. Your church needs you to pray. There are other ladies in your circle of influence that need you to pray. And, and, and you ought to be ones who bring your burdens before the Lord. And yet what we find, again, interestingly, it was along the, alongside the, those around her, the, those who recognized the burden, and they went along and they saw God's working in, in her life. And you know what we find as well about Hannah? Was only she, not only did she bring her burden before the Lord, she also glorified God for her blessing. You know, what we find about Hannah was that she was already a woman of worship. You know, this was their habit each year. They would go up as a family and they would go and worship together. And in fact, we see that Elkanah was one who was leading. And, and, and I want to remind you, husbands, it's actually our role to lead our homes in worship. It shouldn't be something that we're passive about. No, we're supposed to be leading that way regardless of circumstance. And so we see that in, in Elkanah's life, but this was also true of Hannah. She glorified God with her blessing. She was already a woman of worship. And what we find in verse 20, when God did answer the prayer in verse 20, wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. You know, she, she attributed all of that, her blessing, as a gift from the Lord. And, and I hope that we don't let answered prayer supersede the God who heard your cry in the first place. I hope that we attribute the, the blessings of life. And uh, I hope that, that as, you, as God answers your prayer about your family, that you don't take the credit for yourself. You know, so, sometimes we can see the, the result of prayer and suddenly it's all about, hey, look what I did. Hey, look, look what we were able to accomplish. And we understand there's a, there's a partnership. We're supposed to co-labor with the Lord, but He's the one that gives the increase. And that I hope that we would glory in the Lord for uh, the families that God has given us. And, and without recognizing God in it, we can just be like everyone else. And I want to remind you that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights. And she was a mother who had a personal worship. You know, she, she was often with Elkanah, but she had her own walk with God. And notice again the partnership. And we can't neglect to lead our, our, our wife in the life of worship, men. But as a mother, you've got to have a real worship too. You know, he, he, uh, Paul talks about that in, in the life of a, another mother and even a grandmother actually in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And in fact, let's turn there, we'll turn that together. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 and chapter 1. I hope your, your worship is real. I hope it's not just something that you do because, well, it seems to be that, you know, they're, they're doing it. I hope it's real to you. And this is what, what the result is if we have a real worship. 
Notice chapter 3 and, and notice verses 14 and 15. This is Paul writing to Timothy and he's saying here, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. So we can stop there and we can say, well, is Paul speaking about himself? And in some ways, maybe. But we keep reading and notice this, And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. You know, we can read verse 14 and stop there and think, well, he's talking about Paul, who was really his spiritual leader, someone who was like a pastor to him. But no, it says in verse 15 that from a child thou was known. And we read in the opening chapter of this letter, notice chapter 1, and I mentioned it, verse 5, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. You know where, where, where Timothy got the, the real faith, the real worship? It's because it was exemplified by the real worship and the real faith of his grandmother and his mother. There, there was a transference there. and You know, she, this, this mother had to have a personal worship, but a mother who desires her children to worship has to have a genuine worship to begin with. It's transferred. And we know in Hannah's life, Samuel went on to serve in the temple and to serve under Eli, became this mighty prophet, and we read all about him. In fact, the book that we open to is named after him. And yet what we see is there was a transfer of that to begin with. There was a transfer of that and there, there was a, an understanding that this, this genuine, the, 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 the critical thing was that she would have a personal, real worship and then it was transferred on and we see it in the life of these ladies as well. And, and there was a reality of that and we need to, ladies, you need to be an example. You need to be sincere. You need to be real in your worship. And that's the thing that will make a difference. Hey, listen, you may not be the best cook. You may not be the most organized. You may not be as others if you look around and there's a danger sometimes of uh, the, the, the Instagram fantasy sometimes of you know other mothers who seem to have it all together and they seem to be all neat all the time. Can I just, can I just tell you, it's not real. right? It's a filter. I want to tell you, you might not have all of that, but if you would have real faith and real worship, you'll have something of greater value. You'll have something of eternity that you can pass on to those children. And you ought to, husband, listen, if you have a wife like that who, who mothers your children that way, you ought to rejoice this morning. You ought to pray. You ought to come alongside. You, you ought to encourage and you ought to, you ought to point to them and, and, and give glory to the Lord. And she was a mother who desired her children to worship and received that through her example and, and by the reality that was in her. And, and she glorified God for her blessings. You know, when was the last time you just took some time to just give glory to the Lord? Just took some time to say thanks to God for all that He's done. You know, your, your, your children do right, and that's, that ought to be our greatest desire. When was the last time you just thanked God? Said, thank you, Lord. When was the last time you just acknowledged God in, in all that 
he has done in your life. And, you know, all of us as families can do that better. But you know what? At the end, she was also, lastly, as she bore her burden before the Lord, she was sincere with her promise. Because she vowed something, didn't she? Look at verse 11. Go back to, to 1 Samuel chapter 1. Look at verse 11. And she vowed a vow, said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine, thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto my, thine handmaid a man-child, notice what she says, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. He was given the, the vow of the Nazarite. It was a, a life of separation. It was, it was a life that was going to be um, specific to following uh, a calling of God. And, and yet this was not a promise that Samuel made. It was a promise that Hannah made. This was her prayer request that this would be done. This was, uh, this was in conjunction with the prayer of for a child was that she would then also promise to give this child back to the Lord. And, and you know, there's a, there's a great, there's a great uh, example there in principle when we have the time of child dedication. It's not an ordinance of the church, but it's a good principle. When we have a child, you dedicate that child to the Lord. You ask God to, to guide that child, to lead that child, and then you let that child, surrender that child to the Lord for his leading, for for that child's life. And we promise as parents that we would just raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We declare that before the church and the church comes alongside and there's that great, great principle there. But you know, this was interesting because really at this juncture, Hannah doesn't know if she'll have more children. She doesn't even know if she'll get this child, but just one child. What I'm saying, this was a real sacrifice. We know later that Hannah does have more children. In chapter 2, verses 18 to 21, you can read that later on. But this was a real sacrifice, and this was a real deal. This was all the, the pain and turmoil of, of just wanting a child. And here, here, here Hannah was, just saying, if you do this, Lord, I want to do this for you. And, and really, when you think about it, that's the nature of it. A child is born to a family and then goes on and, and our hope and our desire and our drive is that child would follow the Lord's will for their life. Right? We can, we can wish other successes, but at the end of the day as Christians, that ought to be our greatest desire is that child will follow after God. Right, church? That really is. And that's why, you know, when, when children don't, there's a great burden and there's a great heartache for that. But you know what we find about Hannah is as a mother, her word to the Lord, it meant more to her than her own happiness. Because what we find is actually her, what she's saying was this great sorrow of heart had to do with not having this child. And her happiness in some way was rooted to her son, but her joy, I want to tell you though, was rooted more on the Lord. And often mothers, I think, fear to allow their children to venture out into the real world. And there's a very real fear because it's a fearful world. But sometimes we can, we can also mistake that sentiment and have a fear as they follow the will of God. Why? Because their happiness 
our, our, the happiness of each mom is linked to the ch- their children's future. But, but a faithful mother, her joy will be in Christ more than in her children. You know, she eventually she takes Samuel to the temple, gives him over, and he goes every, she goes every year, makes a new coat for him. And what we find about Hannah was there was no complaint. She responded in that way. And I want to ask you a question. How do you respond when God's plan for your child is different to yours? You know, I've seen it uh, over the years as, as children go from these cute little bundles of joy to adults who have their own mind. And they're seeking the Lord, perhaps, and they, they go on and they follow the Lord. And, and yet, that's not the plan that mom and dad had for them. There's a tension sometimes. And yet, we prayed, perhaps, and we sought the Lord, and we uh, perhaps even at times said, Lord, do what you want with them. And, and suddenly, God is doing what He wants with them. But it's not our plan. I wonder how we respond in those situations. I wonder if you're pleased because the Lord is pleased or are you only pleased when your ambition is met? And I want to remind you, ladies, don't forget that that little child, that little one, you placed in, in, in God's hand, but you ought to place your joy in His hand too. And, and Hannah continued to care for Samuel. He, she brought him a coat each year, but, but Julie surrendered him for the work. And You know, as a mother... Her word to the Lord blessed others and, and brought righteousness to a nation because Samuel became who he became. Samuel was unselfishly given over by Hannah and thus a nation was blessed. When you read through, this was a time of judges. Every man did that which was right in their own eyes, the Bible says. And yet Samuel's arrival to the scene, it ushered in a time of great prosperity and great righteousness for the nation and And I want to encourage you ladies about that because sometimes we make these micro decisions each day, don't we? We sort of go, Lord, I want to live for God and I want to be an example to this child. And we don't know how that will end. Because at the end of the day, we can only do so much. And yet you never know what what living that way will do in a child's life. I want to encourage you mums not to underestimate how being faithful to God and honoring Him in, in the raising of your children, as tough and sacrificial as it is, can, can one day impact society, can one day impact the future of another family, can one day impact the, the future of this very nation. And I think, in fact, much of society's ills can, can, can be alleviated if we would just fulfill just our God-given roles, but then also just, just surrender those things that are really out of our hands to the Lord. You know, we know the saying, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the wall. And I want to remind you, mums, this morning, your your faithful prayers, your authentic worship and your promises fulfilled to God can make an impact for eternity. And kids, if I can close by challenging you. Hey, kids, if you rebel against a faithful mum... Not, not only will you cause them heartache and sorrow, but you'll miss out. You'll miss out on what God actually had for you that will give you joy, satisfaction, and hope. 
And I want to close by saying, children, obey and honor her. Right? Help her fulfill her promise. And at the end of the day, you'll both be joyful. You know, this world will change if we just had mothers like Hannah. Hannah was one who prayed. Hannah was one who genuinely praised. And Hannah was one who fulfilled her promise before the Lord. I don't want to challenge you ladies this morning. You know, it's a tough, tough gig being a mom. But, but God has you. And, and you can go to him. And he'll see the, the reality of it in your life. And God will give you the grace. God will give you the, the strength. And God will give you each day what you need if you'd only sincerely walk with him. Let's pray.